What's going on, everybody? Positive Anger here with Nathan McIntosh, myself. Thank you very much for listening. I know it's been, again, a couple of weeks. Thank you guys for listening to the episode with Liz. People seem to really like when Liz is on, you know? Me and her yelling at each other about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, thank you guys for listening. Glad you guys like it. Today, there is no Liz. Uh, she is, her niece is, uh, I mean, you know, fuck. Liz is on every goddamn once in a while. I'm making it sound like she's a co-host. She's a co-host only in the bedroom. Bam, 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 I don't know what the hell that means. Liz right now is, um, with her niece walking around the city. And, uh, I was like, I think I'm going to do a podcast today because I wanted to do one once I got back. Um, I didn't know if I'd have time and stuff, but here it is. I, I did, had no time when I was gone. I'll talk about that. And she was like, oh, you're going to do a podcast today? Because she really wanted to do it. But there is no Liz. All right, everybody? Say goodbye to Liz. She'll be back at some point in time on the podcast. Glad you guys liked the episode. First of all, business. Uh, you can check out album to the point uh, every single place. You can even listen to it on Spotify. I'm completely fine with that to the point. If you do pick it up on iTunes or Amazon or Google Play or whatever, uh, you know, rate it, give it a comment, any of those things. Also, I, I get asked about this all the time. People get mad at me for not being able to give me money. Uh, and again, once I figure out the whole thing, I'm having meetings. I'm talking to people trying to get this thing set up in the best possible way. But in b- before that happens, um, if anybody does want to donate any money to the podcast, first of all, you can do that from my website, NathanMcIntosh.com. Go to the bottom. It says donate to keep positive anger alive, I think. <laughs> I might say that. Or also, if you want, which is what somebody asked me about as well, uh, you could send money to PayPal, me at nathanmackintosh.com and uh you know i'm really only saying this because people yell at me they're like hey how the fuck do i give you money why the fuck i need i want to give you money so there is that so okay here's where i've been let me talk about this real quick i hope this sounds all right i'm doing this again from um you know new apartment not in the studio yet it might be a little bit equi but if you know what fucking deal with it how many did you fucking deal with it Anyways, here's where I've been the last couple weeks, so I wasn't really able to talk about it even um, (coughs) while I was gone. um, I went to, I was performing on uh, military bases that I talked about last time. I, with the Liz, Liz talked me into doing it because I didn't really, I didn't want to do it. Couple of reasons. One, danger. Two, because one of the places we might have gone was Afghanistan, we didn't. Also, I don't agree with everything that happens. As stupid as the sentence that is, you know what I mean? Uh, to me, uh, and I could look more into certain things, to me, WW2, World War Deuce, was like the last one that needed, needed to happen. Um, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on that. That To me, like that was like the world, for fuck's sake. Evil supervillain going to destroy the earth that one needed needed to happen um other ones debate debatable and um obviously you know it's it's not really soldiers that have a a say in that no soldier wakes up and is like you know what i'm doing fucking storming the congo like yeah people send them places the government decides what people do and where they go so but that was one of the reasons and also this is my other reason Oh, I'm drinking. I'm drinking some seltzer here. Um, other reason was 
I'm like, there. I, I was asked in uh, America by an American booking company, so I thought, well, there's going to be American bases with American people, and they don't want to fucking hear from a goddamn Canadian about shit. If I was... If I was, you know, face down in the fucking mud holding the goddamn AK while people I know are getting shot at, I don't want to go to a, a place where we get to hang out for a little bit and hear anything from, you know, some fucking person from Antarctica who's going to be like, oh, isn't it weird that things are... You want to hear your own people. These were my thoughts, though. This is all my own bullshit in my head. Um, Liz, you know, kind of talked me into going and was like... Uh, if, if nothing else, these are places you're never going to get to go again in your life. And uh, it's an interesting to, thing to do. And then I start to go, well, fuck, okay, that's true. Also, I am very interested to meet people in the military on that side, not just from this side, and see kind of, you know, not what it's like, but what it's like. Because I ended up getting to stay on, like, live at one of the bases for four days or something. And, um... It was just really like a, a much, much different than I thought it was going to be. Ended up meeting commanders at every base, and they took us into rooms and sat us down and broke down why they're there and what their mission is. So, first of all, um, where'd I go? Man, so yesterday I got back from Bahrain, Bahrain, where it is. Okay, let me, let me start from the beginning here. First of all, um, I've said first of all six fucking times already. I'm going to call this podcast... First of all, <coughs> more seltzer. I am still kind of feeling like fucked up. I'm, this is me. I'm a real, real stubborn, stupid person. So I got back yesterday at noon after staying up all night and then taking like a 21 hour travel day to the dick. And uh, I go, well, I'm going to stay up and sleep and then I'll be fine Thursday and I'll just get back to living my life. And I woke up today feeling rough. So, uh, anyways, that is what uh, a little bit of this is. But the places that I went, Niami in Niger, um, country in Africa, if you do not know, look it up. Um, one of the top, like, five or ten poorest countries that there are. Um, I went to Egypt. Went to Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. Performed at a base there, and then we ended up... Going to Cairo, we had an eight-hour layover in Cairo, so uh, got to see the pyramids, get into that. And uh, then Bahrain, which is between Saudi Arabia and Iran, in um, it's a little island there. And uh, they are adhering to Ramadan hard in terms of from sunup to sundown. You cannot eat or drink publicly, and if you do, I asked one of the guys, I go, what happens, man? And he goes, well, because you're a white dude, they're going to kind of give you the benefit of the doubt and walk over to you and go, yo, dude. Uh, well, they're not going to say yo, dude, but they're going to go, hey, this is what we do here, and you got to um, not eat or drink in public. And if I went, you know, well, fuck it. I'm living the other way. I don't believe in any of this shit. I'm going to eat. And so then you're going to jail. Okay, so Niami, we took when I first um, took off, okay? 20, it was like 24 hours to get to... Niami, which now that I've been, I am very surprised that you can land in that airport. I mean, it is, okay, look, 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 like, take, take, and first of all, I liked uh, the place, met a lot of cool people there, um, soldiers and not soldiers. We went to a restaurant downtown, uh, Armadines, um, that was very, very great, great food, great everything. Anyways, 
But, airport, let me just start. So this fucking, I mean, we're talking like, you know, uh, World War Z type, whole world's been destroyed, last flight out, every car has three fucking tires on it, and there's goddamn, you know, people on top, uh, ready to kill whoever shows up type airport. Like, you land at this place. First of all, it doesn't really have any lights, uh, the lights that it do, does have, power goes out every once in a while. So you're just standing in a place and the fucking power shuts down. Um, everybody walking around with a machine gun, which just makes sense. Of course, this is a you know, place like a place where a goddamn military base is. Um, well, I guess there's places without military, but whatever. Okay, so, you know, the place is, um, it's, it is what it is. I'm happy I've seen it now, but this airport... So we land. Okay, you get off the plane. You walk in. There's a man machine gun he's like give me your passport you see that i had to get a visa to go to this country so show him the visa whatever right behind him there's a man uh, a doctor well he's wearing a, do a coat that is a, a doctor's coat i mean both of these guys i don't even know you know they but maybe they every single day they show up and they're like hey man you want to be the doctor today you want to be the security guard with a machine gun uh so you give him i had to get a yellow fever shot to go and you give him the yellow fever card and then you walk through in this airport i mean there's like hallways where there's just fucking stuff piled up all over the place there's bags that look like they've been there forever cobwebs and dust and shit on them there's no goddamn lights our bags didn't show up that night so we waited in the line to um the line i waited in this thing to talk to baggage claim which is just like this little room uh i really wish i could describe I can't really describe this airport. Like, you'd have to go. I'm, I am, you can't, okay, you know when, like, I don't know, man, pick an airport in North America that sucks. Pick an airport in North America that sucks and triple that. Take out the power. Take out anywhere to buy food. Take out the fucking streets in front of it. Any paved fucking section of anything. The security to get in uh, is, the, is the front door that is just attached to nothing like you know when a regular airport you walk in and then there's like a space and then you get to security this security is right at the front of the airport so you walk up through dirt and get to the security line i saw so we had so we had to file a baggage claim get hot had no bags and we had to go back the next night to get our bags because they were like yo your bags are actually coming tomorrow for whatever reason turkish airlines i guess just didn't put the bags on and there was a lot of us without bags like 25 people who we're just yelling at people and screaming at people, and it was just like something to see after a fucking 24-hour trip to the face. And um, anyways, we went back the next day, and uh, we're waiting to get into security because the guy at the front is like, leave your passport here, and then when you come out, I'll give you your passport. The military guy that was with us is like, nah, man, I'm not leaving you anybody's passport. We're not doing that. And he's like, well, I'm not letting you in. Uh, so as this is going on, I watch a man walk up uh, with a handgun, Takes it out of his pants. He takes the clip out of the gun. He puts the clip and the gun into the security tray. He pushes it through himself. Walks through the metal detector. Beeps. Even without a fucking gun. I don't know what the hell's on this man. Gets to the other side. Takes the gun and the clip. Puts it together. And then walks into the airport. Now, this guy wasn't in any kind of fucking uniform. He wasn't in any sort of thing. He was just a dude. He's wearing sandals, for fuck's sake. I'm just standing there watching that going, wow. I will never see that again also the night that we landed you walk outside and we're meeting these two military dudes it's like three in the morning in niami and there are people everywhere um trying to help you with your bags so that you can tip them and stuff there was this kid 
eight years old. Everybody knows him there. His name's Wally. He's this fucking kid who, you look at him, he's easily, he's like a 40-year-old, eight-year-old. This guy looks like he drives, he looks like he's done every single thing that's possible in life. Like, he just looks like an adult. Um, But he's coming over to you and trying to, like, you know, um, ask about money, ask about whatever, and he's he's just telling you stuff about Niami and shit, grabbing at bags. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I just meant, like, because you see that in New York, too. Tourists get talked to by people in the street who are trying to do this and this and this to get tipped or get money or whatever. But it was just interesting to see a fucking eight-year-old who looked 50. Like, this eight-year-old has it more together in a place that's not together than a lot of people have in cities and countries that are together, if that makes any sense. He's just a cool um, kid to run into and stuff. Anyways, um, the second time that we went to this airport, um, kids pull up to the van and stuff, and, and, and uh, like when we pull up to the airport, there's so many people around asking for stuff and things. These kids ask for water. We gave them water, and then a grown man with a fucking tube uh, starts whipping these kids with this tube. And one of the women I was with doing the tour, she goes, oh, no, that's not good, and started to like, and I go, yeah, yeah but we, we, this is not America, and this is not... Anybody, this is their country. If this is shit that happens, this man's gonna hit a kid with a fucking tube. I'm not jumping out of a car to fight in a different place. I think this is this is what's happening. This is what's happening. So, anyways, we are on. I'm talking about this military base. So we're on this base, and um, we get to meet the commander and stuff. And he, um, first of all, ugh, this episode's definitely gonna be called. First of all, I I thought it was all gonna be American. Like I said, I thought I would get there. It'd be people, you know, wearing the American flag on every single part of their body, standing up and singing the national anthem, just doing push-ups and shit, quoting uh, um, Lee Greenwood. That's what I thought it was going to be. You get there, and you're meeting, uh, it's almost like a college with guns to a degree, because you're meeting very young people. A lot of people's stories, too, are nuts. You know, we're, we're, we're playing pool with this this um, guy, this dude um, from Philly, and we're playing pool with him and stuff, and I'm just talking to him about, you know, what he does, and he's in the army and shit, and he was really talking about, he goes, man, I really wish I was not here. He goes, this sucks. I also thought that everybody was that there, that was there, was gonna talk about how fucking, you know, gun crazed, and how much they loved it, and how much they were, you know, liberating this and that, and fucking destroying the enemy, or whatever. That's just what I thought. Like, I mean, I I never been, I, I don't know what it's gonna be. Um, this guy was talking about how he wished he never signed up. He went to school for a couple years and he owed a bunch of money and he thought, oh, fuck, well, I'll sign up for the army and, uh, and you know, hopefully they'll, well, they'll pay for it, right? And then he's like, what a fucking awful idea that was. I had one more goddamn year left in school, but dumb me, I, I did this to try to save money and blah, blah, blah. And um, he's like, I fucking hate being here and all this kind of stuff. And um, I was just kind of like, ah, fuck sucks, you know, that's not, um, cool, there's a lot of other people that did, it was interesting, too, to talk to people who don't want to be there, but are there, because it is kind of what it is that they do, like, there's some people that, 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 for whatever reason, their mind is geared toward this, this is the place that they want to be, this is the thing that they want to do, so with that, they might not want to be in this place, but it's their job, so that is what it is that they're doing at this point in time, um, so this base had, um, Italian people on it, um, French people, German people, Canadians, which I was excited about for myself, um, which fucking, first of all, so, so they had their own little place, right, that they called, uh, they called, uh, their cabin, huh, and, uh, I go to the, so we walked around this whole base, 
in uh, Niger, and we'd met so many different people. Met the fucking bomb squad guys, um, and uh, talked to them about everything that they do. I wore that fucking suit from the Hurt Locker, and just talking to people all over the place. Went to the Italian camp, because the guy came to the show, and then we still had like a day there, and he goes, yeah, I'll come for coffee tomorrow, and so we sat in there, and they made us coffee. The Italian camp was amazing. I mean... These guys put AstroTurf down on under the, all the fucking tents. They had flowers and shit, plants. The place smelled nice. I mean, they really goddamn well know what the fuck it is that they're doing. Coffee the guy made? Amazing. So I'm walking by the Canadian one, and the guy was like, there's only eight people at this place, uh, this base in Niger. So I go, all right, well, I, can, I can't just walk by the Canadian section and not say anything to these people. So I go up and I knock on the door. Uh, nobody answers. A man comes up behind me. And he goes, uh, what's going on? I go, oh, um, hey, man, um, I'm a comedian. I was performing here. I'm Canadian. I just thought I, I, I should come by and say, what's up, man? And he goes, cool. I go, yeah, all right, well, because uh, I feel stupid. I'm like, what the fuck? I go, all right, man, so, you know, I thought I would just knock and, and, and talk to the Canadian people. He's like, well, they're having a meeting. I go, okay, cool. Um, I go, Who, who's, uh, where are people from in there? He goes, everywhere. I go, all right. He was clearly French-Canadian, so I go, oh, you're from Quebec? And he goes, yeah. I go, what part, man? He goes, Quebec, Quebec. I go, Quebec City? He goes, no. I go, what the fuck? You know, I'm just trying to fucking say hello to people from my own place. You know, I, you know how the, I don't think a lot of Canadians thought they were going to meet other fucking Canadians in goddamn Niger, especially ones that aren't in the military. I'm just fucking there for a minute. Uh, anyways, it was not a good experience, and the people I was with was like, Jesus, that was weird, and I go, I don't know, man, I fucking, I just tried to knock at the door and say hi to some goddamn Canadians, anyways, uh, we go into the commander's office at some point in time, I'm jumping all around all the time, but I'm, I'm talking about Niger specifically, I'm still in this whole situation, we go to commander's office, he breaks down their mission of why they're in Niger, and apparently, this is what was told anyway, uh, Niger is being, um, People, like um, terrorist groups are trying to take over Niger to um, own it, sort of. So Niger called up people to come and help them. So that is what is going on there. And you're just listening to these things going, fuck, man. So they, those guys are there specifically, from what I was told, on like a peacekeeping thing to keep fucking things normal and regular and help out a country that asked them for help. Um, we went and saw a fucking... Uh, you know, missiles and shit, and, and um, talking to those guys too, again, I thought it was all gonna be, fuck these fucking people, we're gonna blow them all to hell, it was none of that, it was really just regular people with jobs being like, yeah, this is what it is that I do, I shoot fucking missiles at goddamn enemy people when asked to, um, yeah, I'm standing there going, fuck man, so weird, and, um, you know, again, meeting everybody really kind of humanized the whole thing and just talking to people. And not again, not that I'm like uh, super fucking pro-war. I don't think many people are. Well, there's some people that are. But, uh, you know, going to the place and talking to the people that are actually on some of these places was just very, uh, so much. I just have different thoughts about it now than I than before I went. One, again, that they're just people. It's just people everywhere. People are just running things. Like, even you think of the head of the company, it's just some fucking person that, you know, makes mistakes and fucks up. And same as these places. It's just people that, if you if you met these people at a barbecue and you just talk to them, you're like, oh, this person's great. And you're like, what do you do? And they're like, well, I launch missiles 
at fucking people. And you go, Jesus, okay, well, this just changed. Um, so anyways, all of that, though, was great. That whole experience in Niger was so cool. Staying on the base was really great because we got to hang out with soldiers and stuff every day. And um, a lot more video games on military bases than I would have thought. I kept joking with them about that. I go, I thought this was like just going to be like the movies. You know, there's a guy running around punching people in the face, making people do fucking pull-ups and shit, uh, make love to their goddamn gun until enemies show up. And it's 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 people just kind of living in a small city, um, chilling when they can. There's a library and shit. There's gym. Like, I, you know, it, it's a pretty regular type, small little community i think this place didn't that didn't have that many people in it maybe 400 or something so anyways um i don't know if this is all the description of that i'm trying to think of all this yeah i mean that was cool so uh from there go to sharm el sheik in egypt which um again that was from there to there there's no real direct flights from niami to sharm el sheik so we get to this uh, and sharm el sheik's a uh, part of egypt that's like their touristy section. Like that's where people go to, um, like people from Eastern Europe and stuff. There's a bunch of resorts and all that sort of thing. So they're still still a Muslim country, but they're not. Uh, some of the rules are more relaxed because they want tourism there. Um, finding out about this place, though. So we get off. So we land in Sharm El Sheikh. Um, two Canadian guys pick us up, and I'm like, "Yo, fuck, okay, more goddamn Canadians." And again, not that I, I'm fucking. Who the hell is breaking the law? Not that I'm against, uh, I mean, I live in America. Not that I'm against performing for American anybody, but you get what I'm saying. I just thought, I thought more on their side that Americans wouldn't want to hear from a fucking Canadian on a military base. I just thought they'd be like, what the fuck is it? Here's a, I did a show one time years ago for um, my manager at Starbucks, a lesbian woman who ran a lesbian soccer um, group, team, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, thing, whatever put together a whole league, I don't know, it was a small lesbian soccer league, anyways, or just this team, whatever, um, she was doing a, a, a show for the team, I'm just gonna say team at this point, for the team, like a benefit thing uh, to to raise money, and, and it's just like a thing for the team to hang out, she was like, do you want to host it, because I'm a fucking comedian, this is years ago, before I was even doing anything, I go, yeah, that'd be cool, I get on, she go, she brings me up, I get on stage there, it wasn't even a stage, it was like, uh, this party was held in like a parking garage, in uh toronto and i start talking and a woman uh, a woman a woman audibly said why is there a man here which then made everybody else go yeah what the fuck so then manager comes up grabs the mic it's like okay you can go here's your money get out and then was like oh well you know he's a comedian blah, blah blah and they just fucking hated me because I was a man. They wanted a lesbian woman to fucking host it, which fine, whatever. I don't care. But that was sort of the same thought I had with um, American military base. Gonna be like, why the fuck are we listening to a goddamn Canadian? I want to talk to an American person. So that was my thought. Anyways, Sharm El Sheikh, two Canadian guys pick us up. One of them from Newfoundland. I go, bro, I'm from fucking Nova Scotia. And he goes, like, oh, I'm stationed there right now. We just kind of start talking a little bit. Other guys from Quebec. And uh, they drop us off. That place, we weren't staying at a base. We were staying at a, a hotel. So they drop us off. Hotel. Next day, um, pick us up. And they take us around to some places. Like this really, really cool um, cafe on the side of a mountain in Sharm El Sheikh called Farsha. I think it's called Farsha Mountain Cafe. Um, just a really cool place. A really cool place that I would never get to see uh, minus going on these things. We go to that base to talk to their commander. And he comes in, 
And this what he so so his his second in command type guy comes in. He goes, "Hey guys, um, so the commander is in a real bad mood today. Um, he's not really in the mood for this, but he's gonna come in, and you just gotta when he comes in, you stand up, and that's it. You go, okay." That was not what the other one was like at all. The other one was real, real chill. The guy was kind of like Ned Flanders, just sort of a funny guy. And you're like, you're the you you're in charge of this. And it it seemed kind of like if, if um, you know, literally if if ISIS somehow got a hold of him, they'd be like, we have Flanders, come get him. And everybody like, I, I mean, anyway. So this guy, the commander comes in the room. We stand up. He sits down. He goes, all right, look, I'm not gonna beat around the bush at all. I don't like clowns. I don't like comedians. And I swear to you, if you use any vulgarity in your show, I will have you locked up in an Egyptian prison for five years. Do you understand? The other three comedians went, yes, sir. I I was like, Egyptian prison makes no sense. This man is clearly fucking around. Even, at, even though at first, when he was like, I don't like clowns, I don't like comedians, they go, all right, well, this is going to be one of those serious type shows. I've done shows where people don't want to fucking be there. You know, I've done shows at bars where people are like, yo... We're watching the Super Bowl, but go up there and do it. So, anyways, he says Egyptian prison. I go, yeah, he's fucking around. Anyways, he's like, yeah, I'm just kidding. I don't know why you guys took that so seriously. He's just fucking with us. He's a cool dude. He broke down their whole deal. That whole deal, basically, is that they're trying to keep the peace in that part of the world because there are a lot of things going on. So, he's telling about, you know, just basically the whole um, bunch of stuff about, uh, I wish I could remember everything that he said because it was pretty great bunch of stuff about um parts that um uh isis are in and people that are trying to kill egyptians <sighs> either way this one was like a um another fucking peacekeeping effort type deal which again i didn't think i was gonna find over there i don't know i didn't know what the fuck i was gonna find um which is very very interesting stuff things uh about uh egypt and israel and, and um problems that they've had for years and years and years and and it was just cool. So anyways, this place, there was two bases that we were performing in. And one of them um, was far away. We had to fly to it and land in it. There was zero around this base other than fucking literally uh, ISIS bases. So that was the only thing. Uh, outside of this base was just desert and then whatever. So we flew up there on uh, this little plane. It was a, a really cool thing i mean you're just flying through fucking egypt looking at little mountains and stuff and it was it was just great anyways we land in this base and we get there and this is one of those things where it was like this is more what i thought all of the bases were going to be we land another canadian dude who's running this fucking place um very serious dude he he goes hey guys so um it's you know it could be dangerous up here which we were told anyway and he goes um so if anything happens if the alarm goes off and shit these are the bunkers that we're going to put you in until things calm down. And other comedians are kind of like, we're just like, the fuck? And he's like, no, it's for real. He's driving us around the base going, that's the morgue. This is this. This is that. And he's just real solemn and, and um, serious. And this was on a Thursday, I think. And he talked about how the Tuesday previous to that, uh, ISIS had hit the base with a rocket which happens every once in a while there. Sometimes rockets get into the base. Uh, this one hit the wall, and you're just like, fuck, man, that's ridiculous. Like, And again, this is what I thought most of the bases would be in terms of all, you know, like, real kind of stuff, danger level fucking shit. 
which is another reason I didn't really super want to go, but then that also made me feel bad, because I'm like, these people uh, are there there, and I'm, I'm just fucking not wanting to go because I don't want to make somebody's life better for a minute. I don't, it just, you know what I mean? I got a lot of internal feelings. So that was, I was like, fuck, man, that's craziness. We go to, he was, I was like, are there other Canadians here? He goes, yeah, man, there's like 55. No, how many were there? 20 something. Yeah. 20 something at that one. I go into this place. They made a place called the igloo. They painted everything, uh, red and white. They got a fucking, they got NHL 19 geared up. I go, yo, this is exactly like every, apartment I ever lived in in Toronto with roommates people just have hockey tournaments and shit I sat down with this dude from Saskatchewan me and him played NHL uh I probably should have let him win because I mean he's in a, a fucking war zone but I had to dominate him absolutely dominated him in NHL and um anyways he, he was super cool and everybody I met there was great and we do the show there it's a smaller base it's only about 250 people living there or something like that um 20 people came to the show which was also in the afternoon because they wanted to do it at a time that was like least likely to have some sort of engagement happening uh three in the afternoon so everybody that came in though because it's a serious fucking base came in with like a full-on goddamn machine gun that they either had on them or they set on the floor beside them and um uh, you know just doing a show for people and that one um there's other ones that were kind of like this too but I, that was the first one because we'd only done one show like that before and everybody in Niger, um, not that people were chilling, but people were chilling. It was it was a, it was a kind of nicer environment than this one. This one was pretty serious. So this was the first one where I thought, wow, man, this is one of those times where you really got to be funny for somebody, if that makes any sense. When I used to, I th I've told, talked about this before, in my life at points in time, I've been like, man, uh, this is a thing that I can kind of do which is, you know, make people laugh or entertain people and stuff. And there's certain times where that's needed more so than others. Um, I remember working at just jobs that everybody fucking hated it. And I'd be like, well, this is where I got to turn that on and be that dude so that people don't fucking hate their lives. Classes, all that kind of shit. And it's all things that get me in trouble and people go, you got to shut up, you blah, blah, blah. But it helps the people around me. And for whatever reason, it's just been a th uh, thing that I can do. So fuck. This is one of those times where you go, wow, man, we're doing a show. And this is 100% what this is. This is, um, you know, not about me in any way. I just got to fucking do the thing and entertain these people because they got serious goddamn lives and jobs, man. They are holding machine guns at a comedy show because somebody might throw a fucking rocket in the goddamn base. Um, I joke with one guy there. Some really just like talking to people and fucking around and just, you know, and uh, one guy's phone went off. And I go, yo, that better be ISIS. And people fucking really like that just because, you know, uh, joking around about things, whatever. Anyways, we leave and the commander guy who was crazy serious, really, really nice guy, but he's just super serious. He starts laughing and joking around and being like, yo, this, this um, really helped, man. He's like, uh he's like you don't you know you don't get a lot of things like this here you don't get a lot of time to to actually just sit down and enjoy stuff and and not think about anything so he's like i you know i really appreciate guys and so many other people there told us that too and it's just like it's just a really nice feeling to i do i mean i do shows all the time and you know people laugh or whatever but here we got so many things and options and stuff to do that um you know people appreciate things i'm not saying that but these guys like fucking needed it. 
Like they they really were like, yo, this this fucking made me forget about shit for even just a, an hour and a half or whatever. So I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to perform in this place. So anyways, we fly back to the other place, and the next day we did um, the uh, the other base, and that one was like a pretty chill fucking base you know they had a bar they had shots i joke with them that it was like margaritaville for god's sake other base people are holding their guns and crying and this one they're like yo give me more shots it was um you know i don't know it was just a, a interesting experience so okay i'll get to this last base and then whatever so then we go to bahrain which is um again a little island type thing between saudi arabia and iran and um they're going full-on ramadan um all pools are drained because they don't want you're not allowed to fucking touch people in the street you're not really allowed to be gay there um they got a king it's called the kingdom of bahrain and um you know can i just say this in places with a king look i don't agree with every single thing that happens everywhere i don't agree with every single thing that happens in canada i don't agree with everything single thing that happens here um you know when you get a king i'm not gonna lie to you maybe not everywhere but in this place specifically you got a clean fucking place wow Clean goddamn city, man. Clean place. And I liked it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, Muslim. I'm not fucking um, adhering to Ramadan or whatever. But I mean, it's a, I like the idea that one month out of the fucking year, you just, hey, put the fucking food down for a goddamn minute. Live, live, you don't, live to non-excess for just one fucking month between this time and this time every goddamn day. Can you do that? You slimy piece of garbage covered in fucking butter. Um, so there's parts of it that I just was like, huh, this is very interesting. Um, again, you know, you're not really allowed to be gay. That's a fucking, that's a bad one. But uh, there's no garbage on the ground. And for one month of the year, you're forced to not just stuff your fucking face with goddamn jalapeno poppers. Interesting. So this place, again, had two bases and uh first one was even more so like a college than a college i mean it was like a a, a pretty big base so they got a like a full-on city type thing there they got uh, like a marshall's type thing they got a pretty much a grocery store you can buy clothes there um i already said that they got uh movie theaters they got a travel agency in there they got uh you can get a haircut they got so many things just it's like a full-on little living city they got a taco bell for fuck's sake they had an a&w which shocked me because that was one of my first jobs ever. I was like, yo, there's a fucking NW in Bahrain? It's crazy. We do that show. That one is just really chill and, and whatever. Everybody in there is wearing fucking shorts. It's like literally like a college with guns. That one specifically. Just college with guns and um, whatever. So the, the next base um, was the serious one. And we go up there and uh, they take us on a tour of um, this Patriot missile site which is, you know, used to fucking shoot down goddamn missiles and shit or fighter jets that are coming from um, this time, this Iran. And the guy was like, we haven't shot them in fucking years, but that might change because when we were over there, Iran attacked some uh, Saudi oil tankers because apparently, this is what I've been told or can gather, uh, everybody's trying to fucking freeze out Iran and starve Iran. Because they got nuclear weapons and they don't want them to fucking have anything. So Iran's like, yo, fuck you. Attack these oil tankers. America moves uh, a plane in that area to let fucking Iran know that they're not messing around and that they're on the side of Saudi Arabia. So this guy's like, 
I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but these could fucking be used again at some point in time. Uh, so that was a pretty serious thing, except for, so we're going on this tour, right? And it's pretty serious fucking base. I mean, everybody there, it's a, the only point of this base, 100%, is fucking missiles that shoot shit out of the sky. But this guy's giving us a tour and talking to us about what's on the base. I look on the ground, there is a fucking Nerf bullet. A Nerf bullet. And I look at it, I look at it like three times. I really studied it to make sure before I said this is a Nerf bullet that it was a fucking Nerf bullet. Anyways, the guy stops for a second. He's like, I have any questions? I go, yo, dude, is that a fucking Nerf bullet? And he goes, yeah, it is. He goes, you know, people get pretty bored out here and they're running around shooting fucking Nerf guns. I just thought that was so funny that, you know, nobody's ever going to talk about the Wolf Blitzer might come on one day and be like, tragedy in Bahrain. I'm, Soldier lost his eye to a suction cup. I just like the, again, that just goes to the whole real, just regular human shit. No matter what your job is, sometimes there's nothing to do. Whether it's an office and people are making fucking paper airplanes, or it's a goddamn Patriot missile fucking site, and you're just sitting in a uh, control tower waiting to be told some shit, bored out of your mind, you walk down, you start shooting people with fucking Nerf guns. So... We go to the second base of this. Um, it's like Marines, Army, Navy. That's what this one was. Pretty, you know, people pretty fucking serious. Um, get there, and the, the commander there is really like, hey, you guys chose a good... We were leaving that night after the show. He goes, Pick, uh, pretty good time to leave, man. And he goes, uh, this whole thing could be a crater tomorrow. And I kind of go, Jesus, man. And he goes, no, I mean, yeah, I joke, but it could be because he's like, this time I don't think Iran's fucking around and blah, blah, blah. And I'm listening to this guy thinking, he, he just he was like, I just, I just came from a phone call. I'm like, this guy here gets like actual intel about real things. He knows what the fuck's going on. To a degree, he knows what, at least more than people that aren't there fucking know. And uh, I just thought, God damn it, that's so crazy. And again, this guy, just a, a regular ass fucking dude with an insane job. And super nice, super funny, just, just, uh, it was so interesting to talk to this guy and go, yo, man, this guy really kind of feels that some, somewhere inside of him, this whole place could just be fucking blown up at some point in time, and this is where he is, this is what he does, and goddamn, interesting, um, so do that show, that show is fucking great, the, uh, ton of people showed up, and they were just one of the coolest audiences ever, and it was great, talking to that guy after, the commander guy, kind of made me mad, because, he goes, you know, you guys are about 1% of people that ever come and see what it is that they do. He goes, my bosses haven't even been to this base, which just made me mad for the fact of like, if you, if you are in, in, in control of these people, correct? Like soldiers and all that kind of stuff, shouldn't you at least see where the fuck it is that they're working and, and know what in the fuck is going on over there? not just be looking at people like fucking numbers and, and not gonna go to the actual base and walk around and talk to people and see how the fuck they're feeling and see what the hell's going on in there. It just kind of made me fucking, like, it, it just, it's just such a gross thing that a fucking, somebody that controls this doesn't fucking go see it. Because, I mean, we, you know, we didn't, as comedians, we didn't have to go. I felt bad going and not going, if that makes sense. I felt bad going because, like I said, I thought it was just going to be Americans wanting Americans. And I felt bad not going. Because I go, that a fucking selfish prick thing, man. Like, um, again, I don't fucking agree with everything. But these are people that need entertainment. I don't know. I just felt bad 
not going, you know, because again, not for fucking soldiers in WW2, Jesus fucking Christ, the whole world could just be a tank, just tanks driving around on everything, and we'd all be fucked, so it's kind of, like, it's weird to think about, it's all bad until it's good, like, once in retrospect, when something's done, you can look at a kind of war and go, well, fuck, that was a giant waste of time and lives and money, and awful fucking thing and then something like world war ii you go well they you know very fucking necessary or we'd all be you know again covered in mud fucking getting stepped on or dead or whatever none of us even be here uh so i felt like a loser not going so i'm i'm very happy that i ended up going but um it's just such a uh, I don't know, interesting experience, man. Again, places I'd never see, and I'm talking about even the bases themselves. I've never been on a military base before. Close I've ever been to any kind of military thing in Nova Scotia. They do the fucking, um, I forget what it's actually called, but some air show. It might just be called the Nova Scotia Air Show. No, it's not. It's something else. Well, you know, you go there, you listen to fucking um, Hurricane as jets fly over your goddamn head and people salute them because they were part of the Air Force or whatever. Uh, my grandfather was um, in the some war at some time, and he was in the Congo stationed there during peace times or something. Him and my uh, cousin would, he'd call, my cousin would call the house, right? We're talking about old men here. And this years ago, but my cousin would be like, it's Corporal McIntosh there. He just called and goes, Corporal McIntosh there. I'd go, hey, Jimmy, it's Purdy. That's my cousin's name, Purdy. He's passed away now, but whatever. Purdy. Jimmy would come out. That's my grandfather. Jimmy would come out in his underwear. We're talking like dick flapping, ball, shirtless. Just, and he grabbed the phone and stand in the window saluting. Uh, he was like, is this Gunnar Manderson? And then they would just joke forever about fucking army shit riding around in tanks with a fucking whatever just like jeeps and shit um so anyways those two things are the closest thing i've ever had to actually being on or being around real military people so it was crazy just to be able to have that experience and uh especially when you find out that hey our uh, our fucking bosses don't even show up man i'd be mad if a, 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 a boss at fucking Taco Bell didn't goddamn well go. You just you go to the. I don't even know who I'm yelling at, at this point in time. If there are any bosses who uh, control soldiers here, go to your fucking bases, you ignorant cocksuckers. Go see what the fuck people are fucking dealing with. Obviously, there's none of those people that are listening to this podcast, but it was kind of one of those things that just sort of made me mad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Crazy interesting experience like i said we did get to go to the pyramids on an eight-hour layover <sighs> fucked we got to the we landed at the airport in cairo at like six in the morning and we were at the airports at 7 30 took an uber to get there wild driving through fucking cairo it was cool as hell getting to see all that pyramids are fucking cool i got to go inside of a pyramid climb down a fucking pyramid pyramids you got anubis the fucking I believe he's the god of death if i'm not wrong egyptian god of death you got fucking king tut you got fucking and then you got me. You're walking into a, a, a pyramid. Uh, and the only reason you're allowed in is because people want money. It's so funny to see that every single place, even something as cool as the pyramids, still just goes by the, the rule of tourism, which is, hey, a tourist is here. We're going to try to get money from them. That's what it is. Nothing sacred about any of this shit. I'm sure if you go to see the 
wherever Jesus was born, they go, hey, yeah, don't touch it unless you have $5, and then you can just rub all the Jesus on you. Oh, also get to see, um, be in the Red Sea, which is kind of cool, because Commander was like, yo, this whole section right here is basically where most fucking religion started, so even though I'm not a religious person, it's interesting to be like, oh, I was in the sea the fucking Moses parted, and uh, let me tell you something I don't think he did, because that's a fucking big sea. I know it's a story, and I know it's supposed to be, that's why it's so cool, because it's such a big, he didn't fucking part shit. It's a goddamn thing that never happened, but it is an um, interesting story, and I'm uh, into being there. So, yeah, I mean, I got back yesterday, and I wanted to do a podcast to let people know what's um, been going on and talk, and uh, I don't know. I don't think any of this was that funny. I really just kind of told you about what's been going on in the last two weeks. But you know what? Yeah, we, we, does every podcast have to be a goddamn laugh riot? I know I've said that before in the end of podcasts. But uh, here we are. So, I mean, I guess I'll... Do I have any kind of... This other thing... Oh, oh. So, this is the other thing, too. I guess we went to... The guy from Newfoundland that I met, um, he was telling me that he was infantry for 10 straight years. Um... Which before before talking to him, I would have went, oh, okay, infantry, 10 years. I don't know what the fuck that means. What that means, it's a very fucking serious job. And this man went to Afghanistan three times when fucking shit was going on. He's like, I was stuck in a, in a bunker type deal with a bunch of other dudes for months. Couldn't leave it all, couldn't shower, and they had to, they had to shit in this fucking uh, like thing. And then burn it because there was no other way to fucking get rid of it. And you're like, oh my God, man, the fucking things that I complain about. Some on a fucking podcast to make people at their jobs laugh. But Jesus fucking Christ, there's some real f serious things happening. And not that we don't know that, but sometimes you just don't think about it until you're actually talking to somebody who deals with it and has dealt with it. And you don't really come across that too, too much. I've met people who have been in the military before at shows and things, but you're not really talking to them that much. You talk to them, you know, somebody will come up afterwards and they go, hey man, I like the show. What do you do? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm in the military or whatever. But I never want to ask people questions because you don't know what somebody's seen, man. And I don't want to get, I don't want to insult somebody or, or bring up stuff that, you know, and even with this guy, he starts talking and saying things and I have so many questions, but I don't want to go, yeah, I just don't want to ask certain things to a guy who ha has dealt with things firsthand when he's like, I sat in a fucking place for three months, just months and months, couldn't shower, fucking ever, and shit in a thing and burning it because we had no other way to get rid of it. Good God, man. I uh, Three weeks ago, complaining about a, a, a fucking whatever the hell. I don't know. Pick a thing. Couldn't get a coffee on time. Couldn't fucking do whatever. I don't know. Some stupid fucking thing. It really was kind of um experience too where it made me go, I really got to think more about things that I am upset about and complain about when there are, there are even just in Niger, you know, uh, uh, me and I'm sure many, many people on this side of the world every once in a while were like, God damn it, I wish I had this, I wish I had this, I don't have this, I'm fucked up, I, I you know, this should be better, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's people out there with fucking, this Wally kid has fucking dick. I mean, people got nothing. And I've, I've been to a place like that before, but you just forget things, man. It's such just a interesting perspective thing to go to places and see things that are actually going on and on this side of the earth we're probably all doing a lot fucking better than any of us want to say because it's easier to complain about things than it is to look at stuff and go yo i got this i got this this is great this is fucking great i can goddamn well walk in a room and turn water on for fuck's sake i got a fridge with some food in it um anyways i mean this is where i'm at currently i literally just got back yesterday in the afternoon 
So, I'm going to uh, shut this down for now, but I, like I said, I wanted to put something down. Um, greatly appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you want to um, email thoughts, feelings, opinions. Oh, somebody did message me uh, something real quick that I said I would read. Positiveanger at mail.com. That is positiveanger at mail.com. Thoughts, feelings, opinions, shoutouts, whatever. Somebody asked me, open an email. It's email. Do you got a email? Why am I singing a song? Lloyd. Lloyd Fisher. First of all, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Greatly appreciate it, Lloyd. Lloyd asks, do you feel, uh, what do you think about high school relationships? Do you feel that they are a waste of time or are they important life lessons? Bam, 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 bam. High school relationships. Now, I mean, Okay, so do, do what do I think about high school relationships? Are they a waste of time or important life lessons as far as like being in them? Or if we're talking, I, I believe we're not talking friends. Let me talk friends here real quick. I think high school friends, some of the like friends, I, some of the, I've had friends, you know, some of the people that I know the most are people that I went to high school with. I've been friends with these people forever. College, not so much. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing and uh, whatever relationship relationships, I do think they are important life lessons. One to let you know that uh, the person you're dating is not the only person you're ever gonna fucking date in your life, and that there are other people out there other than the people that are just in goddamn geography class. You're gonna meet other people. The first fucking tit you ever suck on, the first dick that ever goes between your tits. The the other things and people are going to come along. But I know when I was in school, and I mean the first relationship I ever had was in junior high. I thought this was the only person that was ever going to love me, ever, and love? I mean, it's a fucking, what are we even talking about? They say, people say they love each other in junior high and high school after like three fucking days. People share a box of fries and they're like, oh, I love this person. Do you? Wait until you have to pay rent with this motherfucker and you're waiting on your shit and you gotta, you know what I mean? Just other things come up other than just having some beautiful fucking time in the woods where you're both standing 69ing each other. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent here, Lloyd, but... Are they a waste of time or are they important life lessons? Short answer, I do believe high school relationships are important life lessons because they at least let you know, first of all, you get the experience of it, of being in a relationship to a degree. You also get to see kind of what matters and what doesn't the further on you get in life because a high school relationship, kind of every single fucking thing matters. Some fight is the biggest fight. You don't go to a party, ugh, everything's over because we have to go to this party. You grow up and you realize all that shit is garbage, but um, having the experience of being with another person in a romantic fucking way, I do think is a very important life lesson. I don't know exactly why you asked that, Lloyd, but I hope this has answered your question to some degree and has helped out. Uh, message me back and let me know. Yeah, positiveanger at mail.com. Positiveanger at mail.com. Um, check me out on Twitter, Instagram, at Nathan McIntosh, NathanMacintosh.com for upcoming shows. Again, greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. I'm doing one next week. So fuck it. Fuck it all. Thank you.